This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 611, how connection prevents addiction and what it means for your life. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. Today, we discuss an interesting TED Talk about how connection between people can reduce addiction in a community. What can you learn from this as you design your ideal lifestyle? Find out today. What's going on, Michelle? How are you feeling today? I'm good. How are you, Lindsay? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good because I just found a really cool TED Talk that I thought was so kind of pertinent and so key, so on topic for our podcast because it's about connection and our podcast is all about connection. Did you see it, Michelle? I did. I did. Thank you for sending that to me. That was really, really interesting. And for sure, it made me think of our podcast um, and we'll talk about why. Yes, we will. First of all, the name of the TED Talk, guys, is it's by Johan Hari, and it's called Everything You Think You Know About Addiction is Wrong. Okay. Mm. So speaking of addiction, one thing that comes to mind when I think about addiction is it's really, I think addiction right now, especially when it comes to drugs in the US, like um heroin, for example, like street drugs, they've kind of moved from the inner cities to the suburbs. And I don't know if you've seen this in your hometown area, Michelle, mm-hmm. but what, what I've seen in my hometown, my, I grew up in like a very kind of safe, traditional middle class hometown mm-hmm. in the middle of southwestern New Hampshire and nothing ever happened in that town. Right. But now they're like, I, last time I visited, they were like drug addicts kind of wandering around the downtown mm-hmm. area. And I've heard about um, like p- my parents, like friends, kids getting addicted to heroin and painkillers like the drugs are now no longer in the cities because well they are of course in the cities still but it's not that same drug epidemic that it was in the 70s and the 80s because Mm -hmm. soho for example is now just yuppies right Mm -hmm. it's a shopping and yuppies whereas it used to be there used to be a lot of drugs downtown right so they've moved from the inner cities to the suburbs so that's that's a trend that we're seeing right now in the u.s have you seen that in your area like the maryland baltimore area um, I for sure heard about it. Um, yeah. I, I know, and I definitely, uh, have heard about things like what you're saying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, you're, you're right. I know about this. Yeah. It's shocking. I, it's shocking and it's sad. I mean, just to see your hometown, to go and see your hometown going down in terms of safety, in terms of like the quality of the people that are around. But in the end, it comes down to addiction. These people are addicted. So that's what we're talking about that today. That's what we're talking about today, guys, is addiction and like what creates it and how does connection kind of prevent addiction? Mm-hmm. Because our show mm-hmm. is all about connection. And when I saw this topic, I was like, wow. So you know, connection is what we believe in. And it's not only just great to have in our lives, but it could actually maybe it could actually even prevent addiction to different things. And we're not just talking about drugs when we talk about addiction, right? It's a lot of things we can become addicted to. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> can be addicted to food. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could be addicted to TV, movies, food, right? Netflix, um, <laughs> even our email, which I would admit I am addicted to checking my email. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I, I am, too. Yeah. So what was the TED Talk about, Michelle? What was the experiment? Do you remember when he talked about an experiment that was done in the 70s with yes, putting rats in cages? Yes. Can you kind of summarize that for our listeners? Yeah. So it was an experiment in the 1970s where um, there was a rat in a cage and there were two bottles of water. Yeah. One of the bottles of water had heroin in it. And mm-hmm. one of the bottles of water was regular heroin. I mean, a yeah. regular heroin. Regular what? <laughs> <laughs> heroin and well, heroin he- water. No, no, heroin no. Uh, or another drug, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, and uh, um, wait, no, think, it was I just think, heroin in the water. Sorry. Yeah, ah! you, yeah you either had water or, or drugs. Heroin so what? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, well, what happened was that the rats would tend towards the heroin water, um. And they, you know, the idea was that the rat would become an addict and eventually die, right? Exactly. But but then what happened, Lindsay? But then they started to think, okay, what is going on? Because this rat, of course, this rat is becoming addicted to the heroin, to the drugs, because the rat is alone. Okay, so the rat's alone in this cage with nothing else to do. So then they tried a new experiment and they found that when they put the rats in a rat park, which sounded kind of cool the way he described it, you get a lot of cheese, a lot of other rats, rats just playing with each other, having fun. (laughs) What happened? They didn't like the drug water. Yeah. Right. They found that none of them used it compulsively. None of them overdosed. So from what he said in the video, again, you guys can watch the video yourselves. You can probably look up the study online. It went from 100% overdose Mm -hmm. in the, in the solo rat cage when they were isolated to 0% overdose when they were in the rat park with Mm -hmm. other rats. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then he talked a little bit about the Vietnam War. And I didn't know that during that time, 20% of American troops were using heroin. I mean, that's what he quoted. So we have to do some backup research to check on that. But apparently that was what he had found in his research. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, go yeah, ahead. And they were, you know, they were worried that they would have, you know, a lot of heroin addicts on the streets. And, and you know, when they got back, but... um they didn't they didn't go into withdrawal actually 95% of them stopped using drugs i mean again that's what the guy says in the video yeah i don't know <laughs> why was that what, what did they say that that was because they had a social connection the the vets coming back um I don't remember. Is that what they said? Yeah, I don't remember that piece, but I think that must have been it because those vets must have had, they had families to come back to. I think that's what it was. They had families to come back to. They had a social kind of fabric of their lives. They had connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So then, so then the scientists started to ask, like, what if addiction is really more about the cage that you created around yourself? I mean, we have this natural need to bond, as he said in the video. Yes. Um, but if you're not able to bond because you're kind of in a bad place in life, you'll probably bond with something else. And it could be a drug. It could be alcohol. It could be food. It could be your cell phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. We okay. have this need for connection as, as human beings and even the rats have it. Right. Yeah. And, and something has to fulfill that need. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting where he talked about the experiment that was done in Portugal. Do you remember that one, Michelle, with um, with with prisoners? 
Do you remember right, what, it, what right. they did? I remember the the prisoners and something about uh, when they had. Uh, gosh, I remember the next part where he talks about how it is in Portugal now. But yeah, so he said that they used to have a major addiction problem in Portugal, right? right. And then they decided to decriminalize right. drugs, and instead of t- instead of using that money to put the criminals like in jail and lock them away, and they them. Yeah. spent that money right to punish them. They spent that money to kind of help people reconnect like they help them find jobs connect them them to the community connect them to the community micro loans starting small businesses and their idea was that every addict should have a purpose i think that's so interesting that is so counter to what we do with our criminals right because they're saying you know if you i think they said something like one percent was addicted or something like that which is a which is pretty high and you know that when you make it like, oh, you're on drugs, like you need to be punished. You know, these people really need help. And right. so punishing them is only it's really seems counterproductive. Right. And it's like, what kind of help do they need? Apparently, according to this TED Talk and these studies, the kind of help that they need is actually connection and purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, And that's, you know, that's so different from what we do. And he shared the statistic that drug use in Portugal is now down by 50 percent. Wow. That's amazing. So if any of our listeners here are from Portugal, I don't think I've ever met a listener from Portugal, but we must have a few. I'd love if you would write in and tell us if this is really true, like what's actually, you know, because sometimes the story we hear from the U.S. is not the story that's actually happening. Like give us some real data, some real information, your story. What have you seen in Portugal with this project? But I like the idea of flipping the script on the way that we treat criminals and really understanding what causes addiction? It's lack of connection. So if you go ahead and you keep these prisoners isolated without a purpose and without connection, they're just going to continue to stay addicted. Mm. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> so then, so then it comes back to ourselves, like put this all back on us. What does this mean for us? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, we want to encourage you guys to think, obviously, hopefully we, we don't have a lot of drug addicts listening. Maybe, maybe a few here and there, people experiment with drugs and you know, that, that is what it is. But what are your addictions? You know, smartphones, are you addicted to your smartphones? What about your connections on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Are there are they real connections? Yeah, that's what he talked about that, didn't he? About how, you know, uh, uh, like really, really connecting with people and it being in, in person, right? Didn't he? I can't remember. He did. Oh, he did. Yeah. He talked about, um, you know, you may have 500 Facebook friends, but if you are in a real crisis, you'll all of a sudden you'll see who your true connections are. Right. You'll see that only a few of them two, three, four, maybe will actually be by your side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and it really does. The crisis is where the clarity comes in. Mm, mm. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. 
So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah. And he also cited, he, he gave us an interesting quote about the number of close friends the average American yeah, can call in, call on in a crisis. What did he say there, Michelle? Um, as he said that it's actually been declining since the fifties, mm-hmm. but the average amount of floor space, what does that mean? Meaning average size of people's homes. Oh, of people's <laughs> actual. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Has been going up. Hmm. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? So yeah. what we've done as a culture is like we've put our dreams, our stock, not into building a connect, a connected life connections, social connections. We put it into building a big house. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, I just feel that, yeah, we feel like we're so connected with people online on Facebook and, you know, even people from high school, like I know what's going on in their lives, but I haven't spoken to them since I graduated. You haven't spoken, and, and, and would you, and if they all of a sudden posted like, Oh, like my whoever just died, someone in my family just died. You might write a note. I'm so right. sorry. But would you get on the phone with them if they called you? Would you really? How would you feel? Would it be weird? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, it would be I weird. mean, especially I mean, there are a couple of people that I really do sure. stay in touch with. And of yeah, course. but out of all those people that, you know, you graduate high school with and you're like, I'm going to be friends with you forever. Like I would say that I could in a crisis call on two, which is actually not bad. It's not bad. And that's fine. I mean. So it's it's free. It's a little bit freaky. And I think it's a little eerie, the effect that Facebook can give us this false sense of connection mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. some ways. And I don't know. I I, I I just find this statistic fascinating, the way yeah. that in the US, we've put so much emphasis on what we have. And I think this is starting to change. Like you see people, you see the tiny house movement, right? You see how oh, people right. are saying, Wait, did you do that? Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about no, that. No, you last talked week. about that, but but um, I didn't get to hear about how it. Oh, went I did it. Yeah, I, I did it. So we rented these tiny houses, um, and we what what? Oh yeah, that's a good example. So what happened? We spent the whole weekend outside around the campfire, uh, hiking mountains, laughing, drinking beer, and doing ro- ro- roasting marshmallows. That's as awesome. a group connection. Why? Because we couldn't be in our houses. There was no space to be in the houses. Mm. Okay, so I think that's. Uh, one trend that's happening i think we're moving away from this idea that we need the big house the mcmansion they call it right w- right we well the- you know i mean to be honest that's something that i that i <laughs> i'm a city person so i personally would rather like be in the city and like have a smaller place and like really be able to go out and like yeah like right near my apartment the other night uh there was just like a movie outside just outside of my apartment outdoor movie and like mm-hmm. i feel like that would be like so nice to bring my you know if i have children one day you know do those kinds of things and you know there are good things about the suburbs and the big house and you have the backyard and people would definitely argue for that but for me i personally like you know, being a little bit more scrunched in. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I should get a tiny house. Well, that actually brings up what I think is the most interesting question today mm-hmm. is are New Yorkers, I'm not saying specifically you, Michelle, but mm-hmm. New Yorkers often complain of being lonely despite being surrounded by thousands of people every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I don't know if being in the city is necessarily the answer to being disconnected. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can be in New York City for a weekend and and do all these different things and not talk to anyone. That's true. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but that's really interesting because yeah. I think that's what a lot of that's I mean, I, I did that a few times when I first moved to New York. I was extremely disconnected Me and too. lonely. Me too. You know? So, <laughs> but I agree with you too, Michelle. I like the city life. I like having a lot of things to do. And I think here what we're like, what I'm getting out of this is like, I want to do things with people. Yeah. I want to have that social no, fabric. you're right. And I think, and sometimes in the suburbs, like people end up like really do having a sense of community. So yeah. I don't know. I guess what I'm t- saying is more the size of the house. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily feel the need to have like a a giant house. I don't know. No, that's just no. me. But different people value different things. And that's cool. If that's well, I think like. that's also your generation. Like, I think that the millennial generation is coming around to that as we're mm-hmm. seeing those changes mm-hmm. in city life, in tiny houses, in, even in things like using Uber. Yeah. You know, like we're willing to share a ride, Uber pool. True. Like we don't need to have our own car. We can pool up with other people to get from the Lower East Side to yeah. the West Village or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, tangent. yeah, it's just, I feel like we could talk for hours, Michelle, on this. This yeah. is, <laughs> I mean, interesting what is this? One. What? This is an interesting one. This is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to hearing our listeners chime in here. But w- what can we do in turn? So this show is about connection, not perfection. Right. That is our slogan. That's our value. That's what we believe. That's what we want for you guys. So how can you increase your connection just alone in your specifically in your English? I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. about this before, but what can we do? Focus on connection, not perfection, obviously. What else, Michelle? Well, you know, it can be, especially depending on your time and your situation, like it can be tempting to get a textbook and sit in your room with that textbook. Oh, yeah. But you're not connecting with anybody. You're not really practicing. And so, you know, it's important to get out. Like you could join a meetup, right? That's something that you could do. Maybe... And maybe you don't know that many people, you know, in your area, but there are always different ways to meet people. Join a meetup, join some sort of like book club or any, anything just to continue to practice and connect with people. And that'll ultimately lead to a better, um, a better skills in English. Exactly. And that's what we want for you guys. I mean, that's why we're basing this entire show on that value because we know, you guys know, we know it intuitively that connection is what we need. And now we're seeing through this study that literally connection prevents things like addiction. I mean, we're seeing just how important it is to us as as human beings from a biological sense, from a, a physical sense. Mm-hmm. It's really from a chemical sense. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so how oh, go ahead. Sorry. Michelle, sorry. And like, I mean, I'm just thinking about this show. I mean, even as, as an example, I mean, that's why this is not a, a plug to get uh, to get re- to get reviews. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like when we connect with you guys, when we hear from you guys. It's so important because we're feeling like we're connected to you. So we don't mm. we don't see you when we're when we're doing this show and yeah so that's why it's true like i think that bond with the listeners is so important and so when we feel connected to you and when we hear from you it's like wow if we didn't if we didn't hear from anybody it would be like oh is there anybody there but like the (laughs) fact that we kind of have this open conversation going but also you know with this podcast you know, even though you listen to this show it's still important to to find other opportunities to practice and connect with people Definitely. Definitely. This can't be the only thing. Um, I, that's a good point, Michelle. I miss sometimes I really do miss being in the classroom as a classroom teacher because I don't work with any mm-hmm. students one on one or even in the classroom anymore. And I miss that connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that according is to a the good study, thing. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I mean, if if we want to look on a broader level, because it's never it's not just about our English, but it's also about how we set up our lifestyle. What are some of the things that we can do to design our I like the concept of designing our life, right? Lifestyle design. Um, How can we design our life for more connection? Um, well, we talked about the tiny houses, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone can live in a tiny house, but if you're into it, it's, I think it would, if, especially if you were, uh, what would be really cool if you were in a tiny house community where there are other tiny houses and they have like campfires and places to hang out with other people in your neighborhood because you wouldn't want to be in your house very much. I do like the idea of like being in a neighborhood and being close with all your neighbors. Like my husband's, uh, well, our friends, our group of friends. Um, like we have this joke that we're going to live in a cul-de-sac, like everybody in the same cul-de-sac and just be outside all the time and like yeah. hanging out. And, you know, in some, and I'm like, that would be really nice because it, yeah. it is. So in some ways that way, but going back to the suburb versus the city, it would be a lot more uh, interactive than what I have now. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the situation that I, well, I grew up in kind of a, a small neighborhood, but I guess our neighbors weren't as connected. We'd have like a block party once or twice a year, but it wasn't the same thing. <laughs> but um, another thing that we could do when we're traveling, guys, is you could choose to do something like couchsurfing.com instead of staying in hotels. So it's a little bit uncomfortable. But what happens when you check into a hotel? I mean, especially if you're traveling alone, this is... Yeah good advice. You check into a hotel and you're really by yourself. It can often be kind of, in my mind, it can be kind of bland and lonely. But when you couch surf, what you do is you're part of this online network and you reach out to someone. Please reach out to people with lots of reviews because safety is an issue, especially if you're a woman traveling alone. Be very careful. Mm-hmm. But um, when if you have a great host, you have a nice connection with this person. You have dinner with them. They take you around their city and show you their city, and it's free. Right. Wow. And that saved me from a lot of loneliness on my trip this summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Like, it's a little bit um, putting you out of your comfort zone. But every time I, like, finished up... Uh, like when I left my host's place, I felt connected and I felt good. Mm. I felt full in my heart. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So things like that, guys. Or jo- join a run club. If you like to run, join a run club. If you like to hike, join a hiking club. Um, any other ideas about how to build more connection into our lives? Michelle, anything? Mm. Um, n- uh, not off the top of my head. I think that those are really good. Yeah. Like for me, I would join like a book club or, I mean, or even if you like some, some places they have, uh, like restaurants have weekly events, like a weekly open mic or something. Maybe you're not the type of person who's going to get up and do something, but maybe you're going to meet somebody there, right? Who, who is like yeah. all in it to, you know, for uh, some, some event rather than, uh, some more intimate event rather than just sitting in a restaurant and eating. And like, you may just talk to, you know, one person that you're with or whatever. I don't yeah. know. That's an idea. Yeah. I love it. Just make an effort, make little changes, try to sign up for things, guys. I mean, this to me, you know, this is just one or two studies and one TED talk, but I would encourage you guys to go on over and check out the TED talk. We'll leave a link to the talk. We'll actually just embed the video into our website, into our blog. So come back to allearsenglish.com, type in 611. If you want to get the transcripts from today, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash transcripts and think about this. I mean, it's interesting. This show is all about connection, guys. And now we We've seen that connection actually can prevent, can can help to reduce things like addiction and things that make our life difficult and hard and sad. So mm-hmm. I love that. Such an interesting concept. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, awesome. I'm glad we talked about this. Me too, Michelle. I want to keep thinking about this and find more material on this. I find this really interesting. All right. Yeah. Cool, Michelle. Okay. Thanks for hanging out today. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Right, take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.